If you're driving on a motorway and you see a red X sign overhead, you need to change lanes safely. Driving in a red X lane is an offence. Red Xs are there for a reason, to protect you and others from danger. The lane may be blocked by a broken down vehicle or road workers, or the lane may be needed for the emergency services. So if you see a red X, change lanes safely. Highways England, connecting the country. Hi everyone, I'm Martin Tyler. You are listening to the NL Full-Time Podcast. Welcome to NL Full-Time. Slightly different this week as we're recording it on a Saturday evening after all the games. And we're going to have each correspondent on separately. So now we're going to look at the National League. And Rob was with Mick Payne today, watching all the shot down at Dagenham. And they've reviewed all the action in the National League. Thanks, Luke. Yes, I'm here at uh, Victoria Road, or the Chigwell Construction Stadium, with Mick Payne, the England sea coach, and uh, Mick, who regularly joins us on the podcast. He joined me for commentary today on the Dagenham and Redbridge Aldershot game. And uh, Mick, we thought it might be a low-scoring affair, perhaps a nil-nil, and we ended up with a seven-goal thriller. Sum it up if you can. Well, when you say a seven-goal thriller, Rob, it's a 6-1 to Dagenham Redbridge. I mean, an unbelievable scoreline. And, but uh, you've got to say, some great, great goals to see that. Uh, uh, Peter Taylor's done a fantastic job here. But you're dead right. You know, uh, the Americans were here, the, the backers of this club. And what they did, they, they witnessed an incredible performance. But they had backed Peter Taylor. There's a couple of guys who came in today. Uh, ben House, who's come away uh, from, from, from Reading, he's on loan. Well, he was on fire, there's no doubt about that. He scored two on his debut. And also, they had the boy uh, Sam Deering here uh, this afternoon. And he's he's been round the block. He's played at, you know, in a professional game, played at Barnet in the league. He's been sort of out, out not so out in the doldrums, but he's been playing at Billericay for the last two or three seasons. He's better than that. And he's uh, just proved a point here today. He was magnificent. And, yeah, I felt for Aldershot. I mean, Aldershot were on a on a hiding for nothing here this afternoon because uh, within 20 minutes they uh, they were 4-0 down and uh, as I said the finishing was a top top draw I'd have to agree with that it wasn't a good day at the office of course for Aldershot Town they got a a late consolation from Robbie Tinkler who ironically was uh, making his 100th career appearance but uh, that result and that performance are going to be key for Peter Taylor and Dagenham going forward because he has been well backed uh, by the American owners who were here in their number today at Victoria Park. I was able to uh, catch up with perhaps the better known of them, the former Everton goalkeeper, Tim Howard, prior to the match. Now, uh, a little bit of an exclusive just before the game here, Dagenham and Aldershot today. Uh, I'm delighted to have bumped into Tim Howard, who I don't know, but I've just introduced <laughs> myself to. Um, Tim, I noticed that not just yourself and uh, some of your colleagues, but... Uh, I oh, know, we got, we got a coach load over, haven't you? Yeah. With you from America today, yeah. re- really, to, to, to give them an insight as to what it's all about, Dagenham. It's the American takeover today. Uh, look, I think it's a massive three points for us uh, on offer, particularly where uh, where the two teams are on the table. So uh, a classic English six-pointer, if you will. So it's it's important that, obviously, our, our support, we, we, we not only say we support the club, but that we are, we're actually here uh, at the stadium, at the ground, supporting the players, and we're excited. It's so, so difficult to get... A- good run in this level and, huh. and Dagenham were just starting to build one weren't mm-hmm. they and then bang four defeats and out of the FA Cup yeah. what you and uh, your fellow directors have, yeah. have done though you've supported Peter Taylor yeah. in these last couple of weeks couple of new signings well I think it's, it's hard to get on any run in football it's, it's very difficult particularly um, you know in a conference and so Peter Taylor is a, a fantastic manager he shows that week in week out 
it's a it's a long hard slug. Obviously, for us as as owners and investors, it's to give him the best opportunity and and, and bring in players who are talented who can mold themselves into the group, but also obviously you know bag some goals and and get and get on the score sheet and and, and help bring this club hopefully back into the football league. It can take time, maybe sometimes over the course of a couple of seasons to really build the team you mm-hmm. want. Obviously, Pete came in in difficult circumstances, yeah. and since then he's gradually starting to piece together. And mm. um, <laughs> this is a tough question, I know, but. Mm. Your expectations with your backing are going to be high mm-hmm. as well. What, what is your reasonable expectation for this season? Well, well Peter Taylor's a brilliant football manager. Um, he's forgotten more about football than I than I actually know. And so, um, you know, the expectation I think is, is simply this: uh, fight tooth and nail to stay in the playoff hunt. You know, and I think obviously it goes without saying. This club deserves promotion, and uh, the ultimate aim and goal is to is to get up out of this league. Brilliant. Thanks for joining us on the Spur of the Moment. Much appreciated. Cheers, Tim. All the best. That was one of the Dagenham and Redbridge owners, Tim Howard. And Tim, his trip over here and the entourage that came with them, they've had a very, very good day, haven't they? I say a very good day. You're smiling when you say that, Rob, because I said we've sat alongside them. We're about 20 yards away from them. And they they, they brought an atmosphere. There's no doubt about that. They, you know, thoroughly do it every... I mean, I'm sure everyone within Dagenham and Redbridge have actually said... Can they come every week? Because if the Daggers perform like that every week, it'll be uh, incredible. But, yeah, it was a, a good day for everyone concerned with Dagenham and Redbridge, but it's only one game. Uh, it's about, as you say, is, is Dagenham and Redbridge going to move on from here? But it's also, for me, going back to Aldershot as well, that is a really result that they've got to really overcome very, very quickly if they want to stay in this league. Congratulations to Dagenham, certainly on the uh, result of the day in the National League. It was a topsy-turvy day, though, in that National League. And uh, where else can we start in wrapping up the other games than uh, a side that you're very fond of? You've seen a few times this season. Barrow, I think that's a ninth or tenth win in 11 or 12 games now, Mick. A 3-0 away at Notts County. Uh, really, really backing up the form. And they've gone top of the league today with John Rooney back in the side. Well, as you say, gone top of the league. And you called it, Rob, in terms of their, you know, the ways they've gone about. They've won nine out of ten now. That's a great return. And, every, and again, a clean sheet. They've gone to Notts County. I'm looking at the crowd there at Notts County. I mean, you know, a big, big crowd of over sort of like five and a, yeah. well, over five and a bit thousand, you know. And uh, to go to Notts County play against them, win 3-0, that's a convincing result. And uh, no, he, he's Ian Everett there at, uh, not, at uh, Barrow has been outstanding. And now they're, they're, they're the side now to catch. Well, Bromley, not locked off the top of the league today, but uh, not knocked off their perch completely because they were 3-0 down to Harrogate. And uh, got back in things just before half-time with uh, Hackett Fairchild and another couple of goals from Chris Bush in the second half. And that one point for Neil Smith will feel like three right now, won't it? Well, when you're 3-0 down, exactly right. And uh, that, that shows you a little bit of uh, you know effort in terms of attitude. Make, never say die, if you like, attitude. And we're going to come back in this game. I'm sure their fans have got behind them at uh, Bromley and Neil Smith would have really got into his players but the big boy Bushy I mean that's a, you know he's a defender he's, he's, he's popped up there and scored two I think he scored one in the week or last weekend as well he's a he's a real threat more I, I know he, he can do well work with him at Ebbsfleet and uh, yeah that's a good result because Harrogate they play on the turf as well so they're used to coming down to Bromley playing on that uh, AstroTurf there so I bet that was a good game there uh, today so yeah good good performance from Bromley coming back from three down 
Elsewhere, looking at the other top sides, Yeovil and Dover, well, they'll be in uh, action later on this evening, a uh, short time after we record in this uh, chat, actually. Torquay, who've been heading towards the top, been pegged back today, and I don't think very many people saw that one coming. Went behind to Sutton, came back and levelled things up, but ultimately Sutton found a winner in that second half, and what a precious three points for Matt Gray's boys. Well, they needed that, Sutton, because uh, they've been in free fall, there's no doubt about that. I, I, I was privileged to uh, have a chat with Jamie Butler in the week, uh, one of our England Sea uh, keepers over the years, and uh, he just said it's a group that's uh, perhaps having to come to terms with losing a lot of their big hitters, because they did, they had a lot of big hitters who have left the club at Sutton, and you know, a club that perhaps were in a position of uh, going into the Football League uh, one or two seasons ago, but uh, you know, if things do change very, very quickly in football, but that's a great result for them. And uh, fair play to them that they got the, uh, the result away at Torquay, who themselves, you know, have been going great guns in this league and would be expecting to be in that playoff uh, shake-up at uh, the end of the season. Now, looking at things from the viewpoint of a couple of new managers, obviously Dave Challoner, who left Fylde a few weeks ago, has picked up the reins at Hartlepool and they got a terrific win in the Cup away at uh, Yeovil last week. They started uh, really, really well. Uh, on Saturday afternoon as well, going 2-0 up against uh, Ebbsfleet. But Ebbsfleet pegged them back and got a precious point in the end. Well, as you say, they got a precious precious point uh, in the end. And uh, as I say, be, to, to be 2-0 to, uh, up and then get pegged back, especially as Ebbsfleet lost a player as well, uh, you know, right... Uh, Umera, well, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, and he's gone in, uh, you know, sort of the right on half-time. So they played literally with uh, t- uh, t- 10 men, really, you know. So in they the, come back from 2-0... With 10, ten men, men in the second half, well done, Ebbsfleet. Yeah, well done by Ebbsfleet. But uh, Hartlepool are rude out a little bit because they're a side or a club that uh, has you know, an opportunity to be in the shake-up because they've got uh, a good fan basis and uh, they'd be a little bit upset with that. But, hey, perhaps they'll take it you know, at the start of the game. Now, a manager who's tasted his first defeat today is Jim Bentley of uh, AFC Fire. They had a tricky fixture to negotiate at uh, Solihull Moors, who are powering their way towards the top again. They really have uh, got themselves back in form now, and uh, it's a 3-1 win on the day for Solihull Moors with Wright, McCallum and Howe with the goals uh, for, for Solihull and uh, Ryan Crowsdale uh, with a, a, a consolation goal. All it was, all the goals coming in the first half, Mick, and uh, that'll be a tough blow for Bentley, and uh, now he knows what he's up against. Yeah, look, Bentley's gone in there, he, he knows this league, there's no doubt about that, and uh, he would know coming up to Solihull what to expect. You know, when you go to Solihull, I wouldn't say they only play one way, that's been a little bit harsh, but they play to a certain way and uh, they play to their strengths. And yeah, it was a, a 3 1 in the first half. Lots of sides who go to Solly Holt will have a, have a problem, Rob. They will have a problem because because it is a is a difficult place to go. So at the end of it, uh, Jim Bentley has just get back again, see where he wants to go next week, and uh, hopefully uh, they get a result filed. Tim Flowers steady in the ship in recent months. Uh, one or two departures, notably that of the skipper or former skipper Liam Daly in the last week or so. But business as normal at uh, Damson Park. Elsewhere, there were a couple of other surprise results. Chesterfield have been slightly better form of late, but two Vernon goals for Chorley saw them come away with three points. And what we've been saying about Chorley for a while now, Mick, is that they are quite good at setting their stall out to get a clean sheet and getting a point, but it won't be enough to keep them up. They needed to find wins, and they found one today at Chesterfield. Yeah, I said they've, uh, they've been, you know, just uh, you know picking up points all the time in terms of. Uh, getting draws and not conceding too many. Uh, they've had some, one, been on the end of one or two sort of uh, 
uh, big scores, but generally they're, they're, they're very, very uh, difficult to break down. And, yeah, they've got a good win there, but uh, fair play, they, they, they've done well. But going back Chesterfield again, Bob, what's, what's, what's happening to that? Everyone's uh, they always seem to be the favourites for going up, and at the moment they just don't seem to buy a win too much. All right, looking at some of the other results, uh, Stockport County in slightly better form now, uh, and, and that probably held them in good stead in terms of their confidence because they went behind this afternoon to uh, Barnet. F- Mason Clark, one of your England C boys, putting Barnet ahead, but goals from Elliot Osborne and from Keane are precious three points on the road for Stockport County. Yeah, two, uh, well, two sides there that would be, again, looking to be in the shake-up at the end of the season, and uh, Stockport, Stockport come out on top. It was uh, three great points for them. Uh, Barnet just just seem to stutter. They go there, they get a result, they then lose, they get a result, then lose, and at the end of it, it's been a you know a tough afternoon for them. So it's a difficult season. I say to everyone, this this league, Rob, this league is open to everybody. Anyone can win this league this season. One side that were desperate to get their first home win since the end of August were Woking. Halifax were the opposition with one of the best away records in the National League, and that was a dour one. It ended nil. And uh, Halifax playing much of the second half with 10 men, but Woking couldn't find a way, and uh, it ended goalless. One other game to mention, uh, Borumwood against Maidenhead. Kabongo Shimanga on the score sheet for Borumwood uh, for the first time in a few weeks. Sikadja getting Maidenhead back in it, but uh, Justin Shaibu weighing in with a vital winning goal and uh, three points that uh, Luke, Luke Garrard will be very welcoming of. Yeah, he, 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 what he gets behind his troops, we know that what Luke does. He he doesn't uh, mince his words too much, um, you know. So they needed that. Maidenhead are a side that you can get to. As I said, they've got the result today, Borenwood, which was well needed. Those three points. So again, two sides that you know, sort of mid-table in a way, and sort of just do, do what they need to do. But they need to do a little bit better. Both those uh, both those clubs. And Mick just finally stepping back from the games on Saturday. What a wonderful level of football there's this to watch because you never quite know what you're going to see. You come expecting a low-scoring tight game and you see seven goals. Uh, elsewhere, teams down the bottom going away to teams much higher and coming back with the three points. You love it and, and, and you you absolutely love it. I, I've got to say, listeners, Mick's enthusiasm for game is never waning, is it, mate? No, never will do. And uh, because it's, you know, it's great, you know, to be involved at this level or any level of football is fantastic. You know, it, it never ceases to amaze me what it's, it, it, it sort of you know brings up to you brings to the party you know and there's been some goals in the National League but you're saying goals there's been some excellent players in the National League there's still excellent players in the National League and these a lot of these especially the younger players are striving to get back into the Football League I, I urge anybody to, uh, who wants to go and see a game of football go and watch the National League because there's some excellent players some great games to watch and uh, you will enjoy it Brilliant. Thanks for joining us again, Mick. We'll see you again throughout the course of the season. And uh, England see in action in March? Yeah, again, it's uh, a game It's a little bit far away uh, in terms of uh, you know where I'd like it to be, but that's part and parcel of it. We know it's coming up. It'll be a tough one against the Welsh because they'll look, you know, I always say it, 
they always want to beat us. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to that. And uh, there's an opportunity for these players who are playing in the National League and below to impress everyone concerned with the England C and uh, perhaps being that for starting 11 uh, in March. The only other game to tell you about was the evening kickoff on BT Sport. It finished Yeovil 0, Dover 1, Scott Doe scoring there, left in acres of space and he just took the ball home. A few near misses for Yeovil and Dover at both ends to a really good three points for Andy Hessenthaler's side. You saw me walking along the beach. It was freezing. You watched me turn around the headland and the tide it cut me off. The rocks were wet, too wet to climb, so I panicked. But you didn't. You dialed 999 and asked for the Coast Guard. Coast Guard. And I just want to say, whoever you are, thank you. In an emergency at the coast, call 999 and ask for the Coast Guard. Hi, I'm Jeff Brazier and this is the NL Full-Time Podcast. We're going to look at the National League North now and joining me to look at that is Dickie Wharton. Hello, Dickie. Hi there, Luke. You OK? Yeah, good. Well, turn up for the books today in the National League North. We have a new leader, don't we, in the National League North? Yeah, we do. Um, it's a consequence of uh, having played one game more, but Kingsland Town have, have gone top. They had a, a 5-2 win over Leamington in midweek and then have followed that up by winning 2-1 at Southport today and they came from a goal behind to do it as well I think we spoke last week about the fact that they'd they'd recorded a couple of those victories having come from behind and they did it again today um, Devon Green put Southport ahead but that man Adam Marriott on target again for Kings Lynn on 27 minutes levelled it before half time and then Chris Henderson gave them the lead just before the hour mark so yeah a fourth win in a row for them and I think that takes them up to 38 points and um from 18 played and I think as a, as a consequence of um, of having played a game more they've taken over top spot from the previous leaders York City Yeah Adam Marriott's uh, out clear now he's even ahead of Aaron Martin he's got 19 goals already which is, is pretty incredible and, and to come from behind against the Liam Watson team at Southport it is pretty impressive isn't it? It's it's very good very very good indeed um, you know we, we've asked in, in recent weeks, are Kings Lynn legitimate promotion contenders, you know, maybe even title winners in, in National League North? And they're showing all the hallmarks of, of, of sides that, that go on and, uh, you know, achieve big things at the end of the season. We've got the winter to get through yet, so, you know, it's, it's still early. We've not even reached the halfway mark. But, you know, they've got to be absolutely delighted with how they're going at the moment. Yeah, and coupled that with York's defeat, they lost 1-0 at Curzon. Conor DeMaio scoring on his day on loan from Stockport County, a player Chris will know well. But uh, they had to lose it sometime, York, but I don't think we'd have expected it to be at Curzon-Ashton, do you? No, I don't think anybody else, anybody looking from the outside would have would have imagined that. What's behind it, I don't know. Um, whether there's a bit of complacency there, you know, York thinking how... Curzon-Ashton down at the bottom, but to be fair to them, you know they've they've been achieving results against everybody in this division up to this point. It was going to happen eventually, or you, you would imagine it was going to happen eventually. But yeah, nobody saw that one coming. Curzon-Ashton indebted to goalkeeper Cam Mason for some saves in the second half to hold on to um, the win. But yeah, that's a second win in a row for them after they beat my own team Telford last week, and that takes them up to 19th in the table. So, yeah, a nice little boost for Curzon Ashton, that. Yeah, the dizzy heights of 19th. No game for Chester, who are in third position. Their game at Gates, they got called off because of the weather. In fourth place, is Spennymore, who you had a good view of today, Dickie, uh, against your team, Telford. 
Yes, I did, and um, they certainly looked good for, for, for spells in that game. They took a lead through Glenn Taylor, their top scorer, on 12 minutes from uh, from a penalty kick, and then they were they were two up by 24 minutes. James Roberts adding a second, and 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 to be fair, you know the form they're in, you look and kind of think, is there going to be a way back for Telford in this game? But there was. Adam Walker uh, got a goal back on 40 minutes. Matt Stenson then hit the crossbar before half-time, which would have actually made it 2-2, would have levelled it. But it didn't take very long for Telford to be level. Just two minutes into the second half, Billy Sass-Davis on loan from Crew Alexandra, diving header from a corner past the right hand of Matt Gould and levelled it up at two each. From there on, probably the better chances were Telford's, but they couldn't capitalise on any of them. And I think both teams in the end probably reasonably satisfied with a point. Maybe both probably felt they could have won it, but equally either side could have lost it too. More than anything, really, really entertaining game today at Telford. Just four points separate sixth place and 13th. Currently in sixth place are Brackley Town, who were the big winners of the day, weren't they, Dickie? They were. Joint um, biggest, the, sorry, joint biggest winners of the day. Yes, indeed, yeah. A 5-1, a second 5-1 scoreline in the league. We'll come to the other one shortly. Um, but I, I, I'm not sure anybody would have expected it to come against Darlington, who have been on a really, really good run in National League North and of course had that tremendous 2-2 draw with Walsall in the FA Cup first round last Saturday I think there is a feeling that perhaps that FA Cup replay with with Walsall on on Wednesday night in front of the BT Sport cameras might be on the minds of some of the Darlington players that was certainly um, what manager Alan Armstrong felt might have been the case they're also missing a couple of players as well Justin Donowet and Asagi Bascom away on international duty with Bermuda but yeah akin to entering the Bermuda Triangle Darlington just went missing in the first half today 5-0 down by half time two goals from Lee and Love Matt Lowe on target Wes York who is on loan from York City uh, with a fourth and then Shane Byrne making it 5-0 right on the stroke of half time there was a goal for Stephen Thompson from the penalty spot for Darlington in the second half but yeah they, they were out of sight by then Brackley and Alan Armstrong afterwards said, we didn't deserve anything from that. I've told the lads that they just can't switch it on and off when they like. The first half was one of the worst performances by a team I've managed. Absolutely abysmal. We look like a bunch of strangers out there. And yeah, and he did question whether, you know, he was asked the question, is there FA Cup replay in their minds? And he said, well, it may be, but it shouldn't be. You know, they, they, this is a completely separate game and, and that's where that comment about not being able to switch it on and switch it off, you know, he expects the same levels from the team all the time, as any manager would. Yeah, indeed, yeah. and uh, that that game, of course, is on BT Sport on Tuesday evening, so we uh, we will watch, await that with interest. Uh, the, now, we're coming up towards Christmas time and uh, normally you get Slade banging out, but it wasn't a, a very <laughs> merry day for Slade today, was it, Dickie? No, it wasn't. Uh, Russell Slade, that is the manager of Hereford. He was um, the manager, the, the, the other manager in the National League North who's on the reverse of a 5-1 scoreline today um, at Altrincham. Two goals in the first half from Altrincham had them in charge. Tom Hannigan on 26 minutes and then Jordan Hume again just a minute later on 27. Hume added his second on 57 minutes and, and you think that's pretty much game over. 
Hereford did get a goal back through Peter Vincenti on 62 minutes, but Hume got his hat-trick goal on 64, giving them a three-goal cushion again. And then defender Sean Densmore going on the act, a fifth goal on 68 minutes. And Altrincham finally, finally carrying some of their form that they've been showing in FA Cup matches into the league, but it's a question of, of can they sustain that now. And yeah, coming back to Hereford, um, they're now winless in their last five under Russell Slade with four defeats. So having started the season quite brightly and then being around the playoff places, I think that drops them to something like 13th in the table. So um, yeah, he's, he's got some challenges there. Two teams who are within a place of each other and separated by a point are Farsley and Boston and an entertaining game up there in Yorkshire. Yeah, there was six goals and two red cards in this game as well. And yeah, it sounded like um, a, a thriller for anybody who was there. Jordan Thewlis, he's been in great form for Boston recently. Um, he put them ahead in the first half. Jimmy Spencer pulled Farsley level before half-time, so it's one each. Dom Knowles, Thewlis' striking partner, put Boston ahead again on 54 minutes, but then a penalty on the hour for Farsley. Will Hayhurst took that one away, and we're back to 2-2. Martin Wolford then got sent off for Boston, an off-the-ball incident on 62 minutes, and they were down to 10 men. But the 10 men went ahead on 75 minutes. Thewlis, his second, a foul by Tom Allen on Jay Rollins, and he put the spot kick away. Then a second dismissal for Boston, 89 minutes there on loan defender D'Amico Dehaney sent off for a second bookable offence so they're down to nine men but that wasn't an obstacle to them and in the third minute of injury time Brad Abbott broke away down the field to add the fourth goal for them and to seal the points Let's move to the bottom Dickie exciting day down there a game of the day was down at, well, we've had goals flying in all over the place in the National League and in the National League North, but probably the game of the day and comeback of the day was down at Kettering. Yeah, this sounds like an absolutely incredible game at Latimer Park. Um, and, yeah, it featured a, a, a hat-trick for that man, Callum Roberts, for Blythe again, but he wasn't to finish on the winning side. He put them ahead on 26 minutes. Then Kettering had some chances but didn't take them, and Ryan Hutchinson added a second goal for Blythe on 36 Roberts added his second, Bly's third on 44 minutes. And once again, that's another where you think, right, they're done. It's 3-0 at half-time. Robbie Dale then hit the post for Blythe early in the second half. And, you know, that would have made it four. But a turning point then, Mike McGrath got a goal on 59 for the pop. He's got them back into it. On 67, Luke Graham, defender, and he was caretaker manager for a spell just recently before the appointment of Paul Cox. He added a second. Just when Kettering think they're getting back into it, Roberts added his hat-trick goal on 69th minute, logging the goalkeeper for 4-2, and they probably think they've done enough then. But then Lyndon Meekle tapped home from a Daniel and T cross on 74 minutes, back to one goal deficit. Meekle then denied a leveller, but Kettering were to be denied, and on 90 minutes, Trey Mitford got their fourth, levelled it at four each, and stole a point for the home side. Paul Cox afterwards said, well, I told them some home truths at half-time. I asked them to ram my words down my throat in the second half, and I couldn't have asked for anything more from them. Absolutely incredible game. And the you know, point doesn't do either side any favours, but certainly for, for Kettering, that's good. That, that's a draw that feels like a win. Yeah, it had lifted Blyther out of the relegation zone at half-time, and it's lifted Kettering 
back above Blythe and not the first 4-4 that Blythe have been involved in this season. I saw them in that FA Cup thriller at Curzon earlier in the season. The other game as well, um, Bradford Park Avenue marooned at the bottom now and another hat-trick in the National League North. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the, the, the lowest-scoring games of the day, but again, it featured a hat-trick uh, and it was Josh March was the man getting all three goals for Leamington at Bradford Park Avenue, headed them in front from a corner on eight minutes. Then, big turning point in the game just a minute later, Liam Hughes sent off for Bradford Park Avenue, conceding a penalty as he did so, so I can only assume that's um, uh, you know, a professional foul there. They were down to ten men. March took the penalty, put Leamington 2-0 up, and then early in the second half he added his third, 3-0, after 49 minutes and Leamington saw the game out comfortably that's their first win in a while as well Leamington so it was it was much needed for Paul Holler and I know we spoke about his 500th game in charge of Leamington I believe he's just passed actually passed the 10 year anniversary of his taking over at Leamington as well so they were able to mark that with a victory for him yeah and three yeah. games called off as we said in the National League North today Alton and Gloucester Gateshead and Chester and guys looking at Minster because of international call-ups. Well, Dickie, thanks for joining us. You're very welcome indeed, Luke. Great to speak to you. When your kids are ill, you just want to help them feel better. But you don't always need antibiotics. Get advice from your local pharmacy or search NHS Choices. Hi, I'm Hakan Hayrich and you're listening to the NL Full-Time Podcast. So it's time now to look at the National League South and joining me to review the action is Darren Smith from the Claret Army podcast. Hello, Darren. Hi, Luke. Yeah, good. It's been um, it's been a, an amazing day in the National League across the National League and the National League North, and and the South is is been no different today. There's been two six two games. Uh, one obviously that you won't want to talk about. But we will come on to that later on. We're going to start at the top because Wealdstone have suffered a rare defeat. Danilo Arce de Domo scoring the opening goal for Hampton and Richmond Borough and then Jake Gray got a second. Yeah, possibly the biggest shock of the day, uh, despite some of those other big scores. Um, yeah, I think it was only third defeat of the season for uh, Dean Burnside down at Hampton. We had a bit of a shock at the start to the season, but uh, now it's a comfortable mid-table. They've won five out of the last seven, haven't they? So, uh, yeah, that's a bit of a shock, but maybe not looking at their recent form. Yeah, the big game at the top of the division was having Waterlooville against Bath City. Bath led at half time through an Adam Mann goal, but uh, a goal from Al- Alfie Rutherford and a Danny Kedwell penalty meant that Paul Daswell's side turned it around and haven't won by two goals to one in the end. Yeah, Bath would have been coming in high in confidence and won four in a row before that. Um, sitting nicely up there, still in fifth, but. Um, Exactly, but the team in second place, a bit of a surprise, they just keep on going on a Slough, they won 3-0 at chipping him, three different scorers there, and uh, Slough weren't many people's tips at all to uh, trouble the playoff places, but they're up there, aren't they? Definitely, yeah, they were last year, coming up last year, and, and, and sort of consolidated well, and, and this year they had a bit of a slow start, but since then they've won almost all their games, um, saw them get uh, big chumps a, a few weeks ago, and they weren't their best that day, but um, very solid side, they all know what they're doing, well managed by the team managers they got there. 
side have probably no real sort of star players there, but uh, they all contribute and defend for their lives. And, uh, and say today, great win, three three nil, uh, Chippenham. Mm-hmm. Which, although they're down the bottom, they're not not, not always a, an easy place to go. So uh, yeah, no, I definitely expect them now to. Uh, the Most eventful game of the day, along with the two six twos, was was Concord three Darkin three Darkin remain in that last playoff spot and six different scorers in that game, which which I love really. But uh, it took a last minute penalty in the end for Concord, didn't it? In the end, from Joel Newbley to rescue a point for Concord. Yeah, Concord had a bit of trouble recently, but they had a good win against Hemel. That looks better. Good performance down in Barford. They didn't get a result last week. But yeah, that's uh, just perhaps a dork in us. Just two weeks running now. They were at jumps, so they were two one up late on and conceded for a draw. And they've done it again here, yeah, three one up this time. But two late goals from uh, Jack Crawley and Shane Newbert got the, uh, the the draw there for them. Um, so yeah, they're disappointed, but um, decent point on the road always. But uh, Concord, yeah, it's not enough to get back in the form after a difficult period. There was a few departures from Bill Ricky this week. One of them it looked like was going to be Jake Robinson. However, he did play against Dulwich Hamlet and bagged the winner in the end on the 49th minute. And that's a big win for Bill Ricky to get them back on track. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, this point result in a couple of the tough games at Forest Green last week. But that was a huge win today, I think. Obviously, they turned off the pitch, lost a couple of key players this week in uh, Sam Deer and Moses Emmanuel. So to go there and Dulwich Hamlet, although again, not a great form in the league, but to go there and pick up a one nil win is a Jamie O'Hara is doing really well down there as manager, so I'm sure they'll be looking to stabilise. And they're not, they've got a few games in hand, only four points outside the playoffs, so despite losing a lot of the players in the squad, then they still uh, have a chance to uh, push for those power places. Yeah, down at the bottom now, Ian Herring's Hungerford, as we like to call it. They couldn't build on a good win away from home two weeks ago. They lost at home to Eastbourne Borough. The Evergreen, Dean Cox bagging the winner there. And Tombridge, they beat St Albans by two goals to one. So that means at the bottom of the table, it is still pretty tight. But Hungerford dropped back into the bottom three and St Albans are two points adrift at the bottom. And a bit surprising how St Albans are going this year. Yeah, that's exactly what's was happening now when there's one of the former players, uh, Carly DeCosta, who got the, the important second goal for Tunbridge today, so uh, that's a big blow for them. But yeah, it's had a bad year all round, really. And then say that that one for Tunbridge will leapfrog them and uh, push them down into the right at the bottom. So yeah, tough, tough for those sides down there. I mean, that's a bit disappointing result for Hungerford. They would have been hoping to have the one of the games that have been looked to, to pick up a result. And as you say, uh, it's surprising that Dean Cox, defensive uh, midfielder, got the, got the winner with a header there, but I understand that was a Kent Darby down at Princess Park and Maidstone with 2 0 up through Dan Wishart and Ibi Akambi. Um, but two goals from Tom Bonner and Darren McQueen made sure that Dartford got a share of the spoils. Those two goals came in the last three minutes of the game. So a very entertaining Kent Darby there. Definitely, yeah. Steve King's uh, work his magic there. I think they're five unbeaten now. Uh, say two late goals, both from defenders. Uh, Helping out the side there, not usual goal scorers, but they'll be you know, very happy with that, as you say, and the Kent Derby there. Maidstone sputtering a little bit, unfortunately. They've uh, only one winning five for them, not that they're doing the KMFA Cup, but they've slipped down to ninth place, which uh, you'd expect them with with their budget and, and management team to be to be at least in the playoffs. So um, they'll be looking to, to kick on from there and improve. Dartford had a very poor start, seeing the change of manager, Steve King's coming now, and uh, you take them up the table, uh, so they'll probably be looking up. Up towards and hopefully again if they put the run together they'll be looking to uh, push into the top seven as well. 
Now to get onto the two entertaining games of the day. Finished well in six, Braintree two. Four goals for Corey Henry, who was on loan from Bromley there, and uh, a fantastic win over Br- a managerless Braintree at the minute. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, they've not won a lot recently, well. I think they haven't won five games in the league, so that's a Huge win for a my Goldberg side. Um, as you said, I think they're falling off inside half an hour, weren't they? So definitely a, a deserved win for them. And yeah, just like the French, obviously they went away and it's Hemel was that they beat 3 0 last week. So to come back down to earth after that uh, that result was disappointing. But um, obviously they haven't been in a great run of form before that. So uh, but they're still sitting up there uh, thanks to uh, some good wins earlier in the season. Well, in yeah, they were one of the teams I expect to be up there challenging for the playoffs. So maybe this will be what will kickstart the, the players down there. Like Anthony Cook, Rob Swain, as well as uh, obviously Corey Henry banging the goals in there, they should hopefully move up the table quickly. Now, we always chat about Danny Rowe on this programme from AFC Files. Well, there was a Danny Rowe today that uh, made you very, very grumpy, hasn't he, Darren? He got a, he got a hat-trick for Oxford City and in a 6-2 victory, a really sort of surprising result there. Oxford City, who, again, are another team without a manager and uh, they've gone away to your boys, Chelmsford, and won by six goals to two. An amazing result. Yeah, it was a funny game. Not too many six-twos often. Um, yeah, I mean, Danny Rowe just got a hat-trick in the third 33 minutes in. Which had a goal, but I think injured at half time, so it could have been even worse for us in the comeback second half. But um, yeah, Chelsea went ahead, uh, and then Rowe got his hat trick within <laughs> for the 33rd minute, and then we managed to pull one back for half time. But uh, then second half, they pulled away again, and then three more goals inside. It's four minutes in the second half. Six two, yeah, it wasn't uh, wasn't the best refereeing performance I've ever seen, but uh, obviously we're more than worthy winners on the day, and uh, and deserve that victory. And now sort of move six points clear of relegation. Yeah, Oxford move within a point of Chelmsford. A really underwhelming season for Chelmsford at the minute. Yeah, definitely. Um, they're back-to-back uh, wins all season. I think it's been a problem where they sort of one step forward. Just conceding too many, too many bad goals, unfortunately. Um, today, again, I think two penalties of those, but um, four goals have done them. Yeah, Oxford's right-hand side just got in behind us too easily. Every week, unfortunately, it's making it half itself. Obviously, <laughs> even scoring two goals at home, it's fancy to get a result. But again, we've lost it here. Up against uh, three, three at home. Last week, 2 2, so it's just, just poor defensively, unfortunately, uh, and that's cost us uh, all season. It just makes it hard for yourself, even if you've got players scoring goals, if you're conceding so many, and then you can get results. Nice one. Well, thanks for that, Darren, and uh, best of luck for the rest of the season. And, and don't forget to listen to the Claret Army podcast. Brilliant. Thanks, Lee. Well, that is it for this week. Thank you very much for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes and Spotify. Give us a follow on Twitter as well, at NL Full Time. Until then, thank you very much for listening. We'll see you all very soon.